God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be announcing the GDP for the second uh, quarter. And it's looking, you know, like it's going to be not so good for the Biden administration. Uh, they That's why they want to redefine, uh, redefine what a GDP is, uh, what a recession is. But we already know, we feel it every day, we feel it, and we know that we're in a recession. And I think we're in a financial situation. I think financially our country's in even a worse situation than we could have ever imagined, uh, especially in two years. And for all this bluster about, well, it's COVID's fault, it's Putin's fault, never forget that the Putin thing could have been avoided if it wasn't for people like Lindsey Graham and Joe Biden, two peas in a pod from both sides of the aisle that have spit in the eye and spit in the face of Vladimir Putin to the point where you know they're not even going to uh, be working with us on the space station. So we're going to have to foot the bill for extra energy supply uh, because that's the part that that's the, that was their component. So by 2024, they're pulling out of the space station. Uh, and Lindsey Graham, for the last 20 years, has been just just spitting in the eye of Vladimir Putin for 15 years at least. Back in the McCain days, back in the days of meddling in, with ISIS and Syria, all through the Obama years, Putin bad. You know, Hillary Clinton tried to enrich herself by getting the reset button. Hunter Biden got paid off by the Moscow mayor. And there's even documentation that says that Hunter Biden was trying to do an oil deal 
with Putin himself using the Nord Stream pipeline. And we don't really know how that materialized. But there was a lot of collusion with Russia. There was obviously a lot of collusion with Ukraine. Ukraine is perhaps one of, well, at least one of the most corrupt countries that you could ever draw up. You know, you can't, when you think of a corrupt country and you think of a tyrannical uh, government or a leader, um, or if you think about uh, the opposite of what a democracy is, you'd have to put, put Ukraine on your short list. Despite what the European Union endorses, despite what the Biden administration endorses, despite what all the liberals have endorsed, which is the yellow and blue flag of Ukraine, they're a cesspool of corruption. And they've exploited this. And now you have the Biden administration cracking down on oligarchs and former leaders of Ukraine who basically are at odds with Zelensky because I think Zelensky is hoarding all the cash. And you have some disgruntled oligarchs and leaders, lobbyists, political elitists or elites like Poronchenko, like Kolomoisky, and a whole host of other people. Kolomoisky was the guy that ran the media company that made Zelensky, put Zelensky on the map. If it wasn't for Kolomoisky, Zelensky wouldn't have even gotten elected. And, and he ran, and he got elected. And when President Trump called up to congratulate him, he got impeached by Nancy Pelosi. Which they were just, that was what the whole Russian hoax was all about. The Russian hoax was every bit the playbook that Watergate was. Every bit of it. It was all about a Democrat hit job where they relied on a few Republican lackeys to do, to take, to, to chomp on the bait and get a little quick cash and act important. Like Howard Hunt, who was part of the CIA, was also part of Watergate, was also part of the JFK assassination, in my opinion, but that could be argued. But he was a former CIA. G. Gordon Liddy was one of those, you know, Steve Bannon types or George Papadopoulos types and wanted to be in the thick of it and took the bait and got involved with Watergate to the point where then the next play for the Democrats was, surely we wouldn't rob ourselves. Surely we wouldn't break into our own headquarters, would we? That would be preposterous. Back in the day, you know, it's 1971, 72. Who, who would have thought, right? Nobody's ever pulled that play off. And then on sits the uh, Hillary Clinton on the Watergate Commission, who got fired by Jerry Zeifman, 
for for basically being a liar and it and an unethical person. Jerry Zeifman, a Democrat, said that about Hillary. Fired her. But she understood the playbook. She was an operative. You don't get to be on the Watergate committee, commission, without being a serious player somehow along the way. So fast forward to the Russian hoax. And still we're talking about it because you got the FBI now exposed as covering up, not just for the Hunter Biden, but you got the other one too, the Russian hoax. And the same person that was throwing a pass in a blind eye to the Christopher Steele dossier and part was part of the Russian hoax at the FBI was also part of the Hunter Biden cover-up. Same dude. And... I think I think that um that the Watergate playbook was also used for the Russian hoax. It's the cover up that's worse than the crime. They wanted they thought that Trump wasn't well read. They thought that Trump was loud and boisterous. They miscalculated the genius of Trump. And Trump let them know it when he said, you know, one thing I learned about Nixon and Watergate is you just don't get involved. You know, I didn't do anything. So why would I get involved? Why would I get involved? You know, that's what, how they're going to get me on obstruction. And that's how they got Nixon. So they were just itching to try to get rid of Donald Trump because Donald Trump was flipping the world upside down on its head. It was the worst thing that ever happened to globalism. And the globalists. You know, he supported Brexit. Instead of Obama saying UK is going to get to the back of the line, Trump said UK is going to be at the front of the line because they're doing what I like them to do. He took a, he 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 uh, sat down with a, a, a boss from the Palestinians and basically said, "Go fly a kite. If you're not willing to sit down at the table and act like an adult." then forget it, you know, we'll just go ahead and start building out property and developing the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. And, and when you're ready, we'll, stop, we'll, we'll negotiate a deal. But everything that's built between now and then stays. So the longer you wait, and so finally they waited so long, stubborn as they were, and they didn't give them any money either because they said death to America, death to Israel. They didn't give them any money. And the same thing with the triangle, Ecuador, uh, um, not Ecuador, maybe it's Ecuador, uh, Colombia, um, Honduras, you know, all the El Salvador, all these countries, part of that triangle, all these countries that were, you know, basically allowing all their criminals to leave, go through Mexico and into our border. Trump said, I'm putting up a wall. And Mexico is going to pay for the wall, and Mexico is going to actually put up their military and stop it from happening. Otherwise, we're going to penalize them with um, tariffs and visas, uh, expenses, and we're going to make life very difficult for Mexico if they don't do the right thing. Not do the wrong thing, but do the right thing. We're going to build a wall. We're going to coerce Mexico into doing the right thing. 
Otherwise, we'll penalize them. And we're not going to give the triangle any, any more money until they stop that flow exiting their country of their worst of the worst. So all of these policies led to great things. A secure border saved a lot of people's lives. It, it, it curbed fentanyl. It curbed sex trafficking. It curbed slave labor exploitation. All the things that the Democrats stand for, it curbed them all. And in the Middle East, we had the Abraham Accord because the Gulf states decided we're not going to we're not going to wait for Abbas and his stubbornness and his hard headedness and his moronic behavior. And Iran doesn't have the muscle that they once had, so they can't buy and influence and sustain. Even with the help of John Kerry, working with Zarif and Iran, because we got out of the JCPOA, we knew it was a bunch of BS. We, we sanctioned the heck out of them, and we did the snapback. And all of this led to progress, peace, and stability in the Middle East. No more of this Lindsey Graham and John McCain, you know, basically knocking off heads of states and taking their assets and feeding and fueling ISIS so that they could be the rebels that oversee and over, uh, commandeer and secure the oil pipelines that were left unattended in Iraq after we left in disgrace because Bush didn't have an exit strategy and Bush didn't know how to deal with the media. So, you know, I can go on and on with this stuff. But what Trump did is he said no more of this, you know, refugee crisis and open border uh, policy because all it does is it feeds corporations craving for cheap labor and it feeds the unethical and the, the lib- liberals need for sex trafficking and pedophilia and human trafficking and their addiction to drugs it, it did all those things. There was so much benefit to what Trump did. I mean, it's amazing. He was able to do as much as he was able to do. And it's amazing that Democrats are had an inability to see the goodness and the greatness of Donald Trump. They couldn't get past the fact that Trump didn't pay any respect to wokeness. Trump didn't have any respect for political correctness, which is the same as wokeness. It's all a way to stymie free speech and create an equitable playing field. Not an equal playing field, but an equitable one. And now we're finding out that the Federal Reserve has been operating from a woke position. They should have actually reversed quantitative easing long ago. And they should have but they were they were going woke and they were giving corporations a chance to use some of these uh investments to to uh to create a more equitable playing field what is equitable if black people for example need that much of a leg up which when they claim they're they're equal which they are by our constitution and by god all people are equal under the under under the 
of the eyes of God and laws. Our country was founded on that. All men are created equal. And by God, all men are created equal. And it's just, it's, it's a no-brainer, right? It's not rocket science. But yet, the Democrats want to make everything complicated. God says there's two sexes, a man and a woman. The liberals say, nope. We got cisgender and all kinds of crazy crap. We're going to confuse and create chaos. And, and the thing is, do it in your own home. Do it, open up a club. Open up that club and just do it on your own. But don't take your crap and invest it and infect what we have going on right now. And they're starting to talk about that too. A lot of people are starting to say, you know what, gay marriage is fine, but don't call it marriage because marriage has been taken. That word's been taken. So marriage is between a man and a woman. And if you want to have, you know, something like two dudes, you know, or two two dames, whatever, that's fine. Do whatever you want. Call it something else, though. Don't hijack what we made great and wholesome and good for society. Don't hijack it and and tarnish it and deteriorate it into something that it was never supposed to be. I wrote this yesterday, and I said, I said this, I'm going to have to find it, but um, I said this, and I thought this was really true. I said, for centuries and in every aspect of our lives, whether it be sports, whether it be equity, science, or government. Socialists thrive off the profits of free market capitalism that preceded them, amounting to empty promises in exchange for redistribution of wealth amounting to theft. And as Margaret Thatcher once said, sooner or long we run out of other people's money, and then it's no good. But in every case in history, you can go back to the Roman times and the collapse of the Roman Empire and everything else in between. You can go back, remember the movie Braveheart with Mel Gibson? Remember the movie Rob Roy? You can go back to the you know old Irish Ireland and Scotland and England. And people would, you know, People would raise, uh, you know, raise their family, build a home, like the Amish build their own homes. And you better believe this: if the Amish were to strike gold and get rich somehow, say, say in Amish country, uh, they were to strike gold or oil, like the Beverly Hillbillies, and um, you better believe that the government would be right there, trying to seize the opportunity. And this is the problem I have, is responsible people on their own, without the help of government, can build equity and build structure and build a foundation and build community and build wealth 
and build faith and have all these things that are just all of a sudden it's great. Everybody's playing by the rules. Nobody's robbing each other. Everybody understands the value of community like a family. But yet there are different families getting together and creating one big family in our town. And they develop schools and the schools have a mascot and the mascot has a team and the team plays another community. And then there's this wholesome, good sense of competition. And then the government walks in and creates this unfair playing field that's built on equity, not equality. And they want to meddle in it. You take sports, for example. You know, the women aren't going, you know, the uh, the men, the, well, let's see. The women are not going and saying, we want to compete in men's sports because they never make the team. But the men are going to women's sports. Again, it's an opportunity. They're seizing this opportunity that's being given to them by these crazy political monsters called liberals, Democrats. They're literally like villains. And you take schools. And just because, you know, the, the playing field isn't working out so well for those who aren't trying hard enough or those aren't playing, who aren't playing by the rules and those are taking shortcuts and those are not being responsible personal responsibility. They want to create an equitable playing field by confusing the situation and they want a common, you know, core, which is the pace of the education goes to the slowest student. Never mind the advanced student, as if that doesn't exist in a communist state like China, everybody is wearing red hats and Everybody is wearing whatever, you know. You know, everybody is marching to the same beat, same drum. And they're not allowed to question anything. I was watching this YouTube where they were in North Korea. And they weren't allowed to take a photograph of a leader who was pasted all over every wall uh, without having the leader in a whole frame. If the leader was cut off in any way, it would be a sign of disrespect and you'd end up like warm beer. You know, and so on and so forth. I mean, what I mean by equity and science, you know, again, science, uh, climate change is what I'm talking about. Uh, they They want to create some sort of equity with climate. And they the cronies are getting rich. And that's why, you know, this new spent expenditure, this new spending bill is also another problem because now you got Joe Manchin signing off that he's going to sign off and betray his West Virginia voters that he promised them that he wouldn't, that, that any more spending is going to result in worse inflation than we already have. But the government is seizing anything that turns a big profit. You build something great, you better know that the government is going to come in and try to exploit it. 
They're going to try to take over and they're going to try to control it. They're going to take it from you. They'll figure out a way. They mess up everything. You know, and these free market capitalism, and they did it with the internet. The internet was this great bastion of freedom until the government got involved. And now the government is calling on uh, wokeness, information czars, censorship, every single thing that you couldn't, that you would have thought was a complete nightmare when 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 the internet started is now come to fruition thanks to the government's involvement and it's not the republicans that are doing this it's the democrats the democrats are rigging elections and the leaders of these these uh institutions the silicon valley um the social media, the big tech. You know, even Tetros is calling on big tech to censor disinformation. What is disinformation? Anything that disagrees with Tedros, the warlord, tribal warlord from Africa, from a country in, in the continent of Africa. And he is a murderous thug, yet he is along with his chair, new chair, which is a woman that she's now, she's a communist, she's now his chair. It's nothing but communism there. Once again, Trump was right. He got out of the WHO. He got out of it. He said, no, this is no use for us. Same thing's going to happen with the UN. At some point, you just got to cut off your losses and say, we're not going to fund you anymore. We're not going to give you $9 billion like um, like Obama did just before he left town. We're not going to do it. And uh, at some point, we Trump have to Carson put an end to this. Oh, sorry about that. Um, I wanted you to um, listen to uh, what Trump had to say, and then we have a bunch of clips that I want to get through. Oh, this is the Tedros one. Okay, I wanted you to hear this one. He's calling for censorship. Or to crack down on disinformation, however you want to look at it. Let's take, let's take a listen. This is Tedros. The stigma and discrimination can be as dangerous as any virus and can fuel the outbreak. As we have seen with COVID-19, misinformation and disinformation can spread rapidly online. So we call on all social media platforms, tech companies, and news organizations to work with us to prevent and counter harmful information. The stigma and discrimination can be... Right, and we played a clip yesterday from the woman from New Zealand. Don't trust anybody but us. I mean, they're just blatantly coming out and saying this stuff, like like as if... Uh, it's, it's absolutely absurd. It's absolutely absurd, and, and whatever they said before, forget it. Just forget what you heard. Forget it. Because we don't we didn't mean it then, but we mean it now. Take take this uh Brian uh Deese. Let's take a listen to what he said yesterday. Two negative quarters of GDP growth is, is GDP. not uh the technical definition of recession. It's not the definition that economists have traditionally uh relied on. So he said this in two thousand eight. 
Economists have a technical definition of recession, which is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Boom. Now he changed it. So Peter Ducey, you know, was in the White House press conference, uh, you know, with the press room, asking Jean-Pierre, Kareem Jean-Pierre, says two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth is not the definition of recession now. Then a reporter, Peter Ducey, reads her a statement from Biden's economic advisor, Brian Deese, who you just heard. Let's take a listen. If things are going so great, though, then why is it the White House officials are trying to redefine recession? No, we're not redefining recession. If we all understand a recession to be two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth in a row, and then you have White House officials come up here to say, no, 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 that's not what a recession is. It's something else. How is that not redefining recession? Because that's not the definition. That is not the definition. Brian Deese said in 2008, of course, Economists have a technical definition, which is of a recession, which is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. I can tell and you this. They said mm-hmm. two consec two negative quarters of GDP growth is not the technical definition of a recession. It what is not. Changed? It is not. Why did he say that? It, it was? is not. I can I can speak to I can speak to you to what he said yesterday in front of all of you, which is the last thing that you just repeated. There are many factors. There are many factors, economic factors and indicators to consider, uh, and. I will say that uh, the textbook definition of recession is not is not two negative quarters of GDP. Wow. Okay. So you know they're just changing the rules, right? Changing the definition. What can you say? You, you can't trust the. You just can't trust the government anymore. And meanwhile, the World Economic Forum, the World Economic Forum has a staffer or someone from the World Economic Forum is is a <clears throat> Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's deputy deputy uh Christia Freeland a trustee of Klaus Schwab's World Economic Reform the World Economic Forum they got that wrong it's not reform it's forum we believe the grand the green transition is important, she says. So they're using science again to control you. And I'm going to have coffee with the Brampton caucus when we're all finished here. And it's something we'll definitely talk about. You see how they talk to you like you're a child? You listen to her voice. We're going to talk to you like a baby. And we're going to give you. And meanwhile, they're going to stab you in the back is what they're doing. She's got a knife in her hand, but you can't see it. You know, I mean, I'm metaphorically speaking. You know, we really believe as a government that the green transition is important, not just because it's important for our planet, but it's economically essential. And I think it's really important for the government to help businesses, community organizations, families make that transition. So very happy to look into this. Thank you. The government doesn't need to be anywhere near these things. That's the Canadian government. But still, the government doesn't need to be... That's not their jurisdiction. The government needs to be as out of the way as possible. You ever see a... Probably a lot of you don't watch boxing or anything like that. But, I mean, 
you ever see a, a any kind of a sporting event where the referee is just too involved, whether it's an NFL game or they're constantly blowing the whistle and they're constantly getting involved in disrupting the game, whatever game that is. You know, they're constantly breaking up the fighters. They're constantly calling penalties when they don't need to. And they're just overzealous. They want to be the center of attention or whatever it is. Or they want to control the outcome. Or they were paid to control the outcome. I think that's probably more likely. But what we're dealing with here is just a government that's just off the charts. Off the charts. You know, one of the things I mentioned about Hunter Biden, um, Cash Patel wrote, tweeted this out. He said, here's something that shocked even me. The lead FBI agent from the Russian Gate investigation was the same lead agent from the Hunter Biden investigation. He's the one that labeled Hunter Biden's laptop falsely as Russian disinformation. And, you know, that's kind of an interesting... Um, That's kind of an interesting observation. Um, and I think rather important, too. You know, our FBI, we can't trust that. We can't trust our Department of Justice. We can't, you know, because of the difference in the way they're handling Hunter Biden versus uh, the J6 protesters, for example, or Black Lives Matter morons, or Antifa, or whatever you want. You know, we can't. This is a banana. It's becoming a banana republic. <clears throat> you know, you got Fauci lying to us about medicine, science, all to control and to profit. They want to, you know, they see you as the deep pockets. They see the middle class as not only a threat to uh, future elections because you tend to vote conservative. But they also see you not only as a political threat, but they also see you as the biggest revenue generator. So they're going to figure out ways to fleece your pockets and steal your money, whether it be inflation, which is a, which is a, a theft, or taxation, inflation, regulation. And if if they can't get it all done that way, they'll say, well, it's a crisis. It's an emergency. Uh, we want to protect you. And they, they bill it all as we want to build you better roads. We want to make you healthier. And we want you safe from pandemics. And we want to preserve our earth. You can't complain about any of that, right? You know, climate always changes. Never forget that. Climate always changes. The one thing I agree with climate change is it changes. Yes. But keep your dirty little grimy hands out of my pocket. We didn't cause the problem, just like we didn't cause the slavery. So don't hit me up for reparations. We didn't cause the climate, and people aren't really the biggest factor. They're a small factor, maybe. But a lot of conservative scientists say, have completely debunked the 97% of the scientists who've gotten it wrong. Just like 17 intelligence agencies or 51 intelligence officers have all gotten it wrong. Why are they so wrong? How about the 14 Nobel laureates that predicted that the inflation was transitory? 
or that we're not in recession. Why are these people so dumb? Why are they getting it wrong? They're not dumb. They're political. And they're doing things on purpose for power and because their boss in power told them what to say and what to do. And instead of acting ethically, they choose to be spineless. The headline here says, New England Journal of Medicine, unvaccinated COVID patients are contagious for less time than those vaxxed or boosted. Well, we weren't told that, but that's the... Now, the biggest villain on television today is Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson is the biggest villain. Everybody on the left hates Tucker almost as much as they hate Donald Trump. So that's why we're going to be playing this quick clip of what Tucker said that just sums it up where we need to be as a whole society. And I don't know how anybody can complain about this and how anybody could say that Tucker Carlson's a bad person. And I don't even agree with him on everything. But I agree with him on this. Take a listen. Where you find satisfaction is through achievement. And achievement comes through commitment and responsibility. So my advice to young people, particularly young men, is just dive face first into it. Like drop out of college. College is ridiculous unless you're moving towards some very specialized degree that you can only get in college if you want to be a veterinarian or a physicist or something. But if you're in humanities, you know, I can give you a list of 100 books. You can find it on the Internet and you'll be better educated than you would be at whatever stupid college you go to. A. B. Get married. And, you know, choose wisely, but don't overthink it. You know, don't overthink it. People overthink it. Like if you're compatible with someone and and you can smell that, you can make it work. And by the way, it's never easy because men and women fundamentally don't understand each other. That's the whole joy in it. That's why marriage makes you grow is because you don't really understand the other person. So you have to try every day to decipher what that person's saying. Have more children than you can afford. Take a job you're not qualified for. Like, go balls out. You know, just go balls out. I don't know. What is everyone waiting for? You know, have some adventure in your life. Do something crazy. I mean it. And and I don't mean, you know, go to Bali. Skip Bali, please. What an Instagram <laughs> cliche that is. <laughs> I like it, you know. And, and the thing about it is, you know, when it comes to uh, content, it, it's good to be content. It is. You know, I mean, celebrities, they can, you know, you take a guy like Brad Pitt or anybody, super loaded, can get any woman he wants and, you know, gets a good looking woman and, you know, maybe she's a blonde and then he sees a brunette or an auburn hair, red hair, uh, redhead. And next thing you know, you know, he could get all those women too the most beautiful women in the world, the most luxury yachts and the, this and that and the other. At some point, though, you got to just settle down with one. You got to make a decision and you got to say, this is where I need to be because the whole thing about life is, you know, taking life seriously enough to make a commitment and doing the right thing. And uh, you'll find more joy out of helping people than 
you would out of taking from people. And, and you would also find more joy in having a good, solid, healthy relationship, you know, than to flander around. And too often in Hollywood, people are unhappy despite all their glam and fortune and fame uh, because they choose, they don't choose personal responsibility. Uh, and I think that's also the problem in a lot of the minority groups that are struggling is they got the chip on their shoulder. And again, that's a liberal concept because the Democrats have pounded away and had people believe that, that they're a victim. And if you go through life thinking that way, uh, it becomes a real problem. Uh, here's another one. Uh, Senator Chuck Grassley drops bombshell whistleblower evidence. Uh, let's take a listen to this. Bombshell report out tonight alleging the FBI was involved in a giant cover-up to protect the Biden family and sway the 2020 election and possibly 2022. Highly credible whistleblowers are coming forward and reporting that the FBI intentionally downplayed damning evidence about Hunter Biden's corrupt business deals. And they hatched a plot to discredit Hunter's laptop as, quote, disinformation. We're learning federal agents were allegedly told to stop any damaging investigations into Hunter Biden. No questions asked, even though there was alleged proof of Hunter's potential criminal activity. Orders to black out the story were reportedly put forward by FBI analyst Brian Outen. Funny thing about him is he's the same FBI official who pushed the Trump-Russia collusion hooks. He took the bait on the Steele dossier and used it to illegally investigate Trump campaign officials like Mike Flynn and Carter Page. And now he has his fingerprints all over another FBI plot to meddle with our elections. This is all coming just as federal prosecutors in Delaware have reportedly reached a, quote, critical stage in charging the son of the president for tax fraud, foreign lobbying violations, and lying on a firearms application. But primetime sources tell us that these are very narrow charges. And the bigger international pay-to-play scheme involving China and the big guy is not being seriously scrutinized. And Delaware prosecutors may be getting pushback from the Department of Justice to wait on charging Hunter Biden so it doesn't cost the Democrats in the midterms. The FBI whistleblowers, as mentioned towards the top of the show, came forward to Senator Chuck Grassley, and he joins us now to talk about it. All right, Senator, what else can you share with our audience tonight? Well, you've covered the top line of it. A little bit more detail is that they uh, they had people making decisions on what should be investigated or start to investigate or not investigate and what uh, to sh shut down an investigation had political bias in it. It's as simple as uh, s uh, opening a case against uh, Trump that was based on fuzzy liberal newspaper reports. It was a good reason to advance the the investigation. But when it come to Hunter Biden, with plenty of concrete information, it was shut down. It's pretty simple. And uh, we have evidence that some of these people have exhibited this political bias over a long period of time, because there's a guy by the name of Tebow that the whistleblowers told me about. I took it directly to uh, Ray, 
Uh, I guess he had done this when we issued a press release on it, but I talked to him about it uh, to thank him because he moved that guy out of the decision-making of which uh, investigation should go ahead and which one should be stopped. But that gives you an example of, uh, of political bias, and it hurts uh, uh, the integrity of the FBI. The people of the United States ought to have uh, really uh, good feelings about the FBI. They ought to uh, know that they're a credible organization, and there should be no party or power involved in this decision-making. It should be simply fair, follow the facts where it takes them, and there should be no political. It's unfair, and the FBI have not met the test of fairness in this particular case. Can you give me one word answer here? Do you trust FBI Director Ray's ability to handle this case with Hunter Biden? I would think that he would be in a position to do it. And when he moved Tebow, that's the guy's name I was talking about, they moved him out of that decision-making role to something else. It shows me that he can take action. But I wonder if the whole situation isn't so bad. There's a lot of it going on that even Ray doesn't know about. That's a sad commentary. That's why you got to rely on whistleblowers that know down at the grassroots that something's wrong. Listen to the whistleblowers. All right, well, we'll see. Well, I think that Ray does know, and I think that Grassley's being very diplomatic. And uh, I don't trust Ray as far as I could throw him. And I think he's as corrupt as could possibly be. Um, that's one thing. Here's uh, Miranda Devine. She has been all over this story with the New York Post. Let's take a listen to what she has to say. Well, this is a new communication that has been brought by a whistleblower to the uh, Republican congressional investigators who are really getting up ahead of steam in their uh, probe into the laptop and into the Biden family influence peddling scheme. Uh, there's at least two uh, committees that will be looking at that after the midterms, uh, provided that the Republicans, of course, uh, win a majority in Congress, which the polls show that they will. Uh, and so they're getting multiple whistleblowers coming forward with lots of very useful information. And one of those is a communication uh, between uh, James Gilliard, this sort of shadowy um, uh, British former uh, special forces operative who had links to British intelligence, to MI6. Um, he is having a conversation, a panicked conversation which ensued on the very day that the New York Post, we first broke um, the first story from the laptop, which was October 14, 2020, just three weeks before the presidential election. And um, so this communication has James Gilliard talking to an unnamed person about what would happen if Hunter Biden, Joe Biden and Joe Biden's campaign basically threw their partners under the bus. Uh, this was the concern that was being raised in multiple uh, phone calls and sort of messages between um, various people who were involved with Hunter Biden. And James Gilliard was very cool uh, when he was being asked about this possibility. And he said, look, um, I, I really don't think that they will do that, um, meaning the Bidens, because um, he, he looked at two scenarios. One, if Joe Biden lost the election, in which he, he said that he thinks that they would just leave, quote, sleeping dogs lie. 
And if uh, Joe Biden won the election, James Gilliard's theory was that um, they wouldn't have to worry about any investigations into, uh, you know, into the influence peddling operation because Joe Biden would be so busy doing other things. Um, I think you have the direct quote there. Um, from well, I'll read the direct quote. Uh, here it is. It says, um, this is an unnamed person uh, t- texting James Gilliard. Hunter and or Joe or Joe's campaign would try to make it, oh, and then in quotes, oh, we were never involved and try to basically make us collateral damage. And then he went on to say, I don't, Gilliar responded and uh, James Gilliar responded, I don't see how that would work for them. Think in the scenario that he wins. They would just leave sleeping dogs lie. If they lose, honestly, I don't think that the big guy really cares about that because he'll be too busy focusing on all the other crap he's doing. And he used the word S-H-I-T. But um, yeah, you know, that's pretty damaging. And more and more information's going to come out. And more and more whistleblowers, I think, are going to come to the forefront on this. I think that that's definitely going to happen. Well, uh, as promised, I also wanted to uh, play Donald Trump. Let's take a listen to Donald Trump. Now, there was something going on here yesterday um, with regard to uh, the AFPI, the America First PAC, uh, that uh, came out. And there was supposed to be some sort of a coup where... Um, they're they're suggesting that they're backing Trump, but they might be backing some alternative to Trump, like maybe DeSantis or something like that. Um, I don't quite understand that. Um, and so uh, Peter Navarro was suggesting that Trump don't speak, you know, just don't go and don't go speak. We think it's a coup. It could be political infighting, like as to who gets to hold the event and things like that. It could be just, you know, friendly fire, you know, two, two competing groups vying for Trump's attention. It could be that. It could be something else. I, I'm not sure. That's why I think uh, magapac.org, we're not connected with these other groups. Um, our group is connected with Red State Talk Radio. And what we do every single day, whether it's, you know, any of the talk show hosts on Red State, um, we're all pushing America First policies to make America great again. And one of the components for um, tax-free donations is, in fact, uh, to make donations to org to help us continue our efforts um, in making that happen. BugleCall.org is the parent nonprofit that we have going on, but MAGAPAC also. And every day, all every all the work that we're doing uh, is part of that project and part of what we're doing. Let's take a listen to what Donald Trump had to say. January 6th, a select committee of political hacks and thugs. And it's the... Think of this. These are hacks and thugs. These are the same people that we've been dealing with for four years, same people. And it's the very people who 
perpetrated the lies that I was an agent of Russia, like Adam Shifty Schiff and others who are standing before the same microphone, same thing they get out and they say, oh, our country is suffering so badly because, and he knows the whole thing is a hoax. I said this the other day. He knew Russia, Russia was a hoax. Him, Hillary Clinton, the DNC, the Democrats. And he stood pompously before microphones. His head, as you know, I feel, is shaped like a watermelon. He's a quite an unattractive man. Now, see, they'll get me in trouble for that, Kellyanne, because by saying he's unattractive, they'll say, that's a horrible thing to say. But he said slightly worse about me. But think of this. He knows it's a hoax. He goes, not a stupid person, an evil person, a sick person, in my opinion, but he goes before these same microphones, and he said, President Donald Trump's son, Don Jr., will go to prison for what he's done with Russia. What kind of a man would say that my son, or put yourself in my son's position, that he's going to prison on something that he doesn't even know about, and that Adam Schiff knows is a hoax and a fairy tale and was made up. And the New York Times, Brett Stevens did a piece on it the other day. They admit now that it was a totally made up hoax. He's saying my son should go to prison and he knows it was a hoax. What kind of a human being can do that? Only a sick, evil, very bad human being. And now I have the same people there, the same people other than Janie, who's the worst, and uh, crying Adam Kinsinger. I watched him today. He's oh, I mean, these people are just, you know, but the same basic people are now going on this. And it's so unfair when you see what happened to BLM, when you see what happened to Antifa, when you see what happened to all of the killing, all of the killings that took place all over the country. And then what you see what they're doing to people that in some cases didn't even enter the building. And you see the way they're being tortured and handled so horribly. When you see Kamala Harris getting people out on bail that burned down buildings and killed people and getting them out on bail. And you can't even get many of these people out on bail. What, what right. Say? It's, uh, it's uh, the double standards and the hypocrisy. Shame on the mainstream media for allowing this to happen. They were also part of it. Uh, well, we're at the end of our show today. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Scott Adams Show. We're going to go ahead and play some more of this clip tomorrow with uh, Leonora on the show tomorrow as well. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out buglecall.org and magapack.org to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Also, be sure to use Red State as your promo code over at MyPillow.com. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, buddy. Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.